0: Three songs, three songs, back. Three songs, it's three songs. Bobby Mike. it's Bobby like, Bobby Mike. it's Bobby like. Bobby Mike. it's he's Bobby like, Bobby Mike. it's Bobby
1: like, Mike, Mike. Mike, three songs, three songs.
2: Also oh yeah. A two
0: that's right uh that's a three we're we're back it's uh 11 11 21 november eleventh, two 2021 uh episode 171
2: happy birthday andy
0: partridge <laughs> yeah it's 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 been a while bob you've been traveling for a bit um
2: yeah with... no a long time actually i had a, had a lovely um vacation in, in the UK and France, and then I skipped on over to um, Southern California, yeah. and um,
0: it of a glorious
2: trash. five or six weeks. You know, yeah. after 20 months of kind of being here in central Iowa for the most part, it was nice to get out and see the rest of the
0: world. We, um, you know, thinking back to the last episode, we talked about the possibility of doing a show while you were traveling, I think we realized that that probably wasn't too realistic. Um, I set
2: out to do one at 4 a.m. one time in <laughs> Doville, I believe. I thought that would be a bad idea. And then um, actually at, um the Airbnb we stayed in the other, for the last week in Oceanside, um, it, it, do you ever, you've done some Airbnbs in your life, sure. haven't
0: you, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, now, like, um, one of the one of the boxes I always tick when renting an Airbnb is entire place to yourself. Yes, right. Which is kind of nice, you know. I mean, you ob- obviously walk into the place, you respect the place, you clean up afterwards, you follow the directions on how to make sure that you leave the place as right. you entered it, you know, a right. few days before, or a week before, or whatever. Um, the entire place to yourself thing did not apply in the case of the yeah. Oceanside one because the the landlord yeah. lived on the premises uh, and yeah. sort of aggressively like, shut us down at 9.30 uh, every night when we were just like two or three of us were just like kind of quietly chatting. Brutal. <laughs> brutal. I mean, it kind of like I felt like um, Teddy, really, when you tell Teddy to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I felt
0: like I was eight years old again. Brutal. <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Yeah so let me ask you this like without getting too much into your airbnb um did they did they mention that in the description because i've seen some airbnb descriptions that are very explicit about those kinds of restrictions and then i've seen others that are kind of vague and when you show up they're a bit of a surprise
2: it was interesting um Obviously, I knew I'd be hanging with a crowd that was going to be up, um, not right. to some serious, wild, and crazy hours, but
0: I mean, you're not teenagers, ourselves. right? So, you know, you're not going to be like trashing the place, but at the same time, you no, like to crew. stick
2: up, stay up to like about right. 11, you know, yeah, and, you know, keep, yeah, that kind of thing, and enough. like. You know, I mean, you know, portable speaker, music on low to medium, chat, yep. you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, nothing extraordinary. Um, but no, back to your question. If you look at the actual web page, um, you'd have to make several clicks before you got to some sort of way, way at the bottom of the page before you got to some sort of strange quiet hours policy. Um, I'm not going to go on and on about about yeah. it, but. No, That's it was a, a hard to find um, thing. That's um, a bummer. But, I and it was a good place for um, young families and perhaps that. devout <laughs> Christians or people that get up at five a.m.
0: Because um, the other ironic thing
2: too is that I'm there sorry,
0: was, I'm laughing, Bob, but.
2: The train track like 20 yards in front of the house, too, where trains, including freight trains, were going by at all hours of the night, which, of course, doesn't affect me as a deaf person. But some people, some of the other residents of the Airbnb, my friends, were kind of kept awake by trains after being told to go inside at
1: 9.30. <laughs> it was an unusual sort of, let's just say that I won't be running
2: that place again. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: It's but uh, it
2: did maybe it was a blessing because we all got um, plenty of
0: sleep. It's it's funny. I I laugh partly because I saw an Airbnb listing a while back that was one of those that jumped out at me. Like un- initially, you're like, "Yeah, this looks great." It's entire place check. It had a hot place t- entire place yourself. Entire place yourself check. Hot tub check. Like all these sorts of things. Oh. But- when you read the description, it said something like, "Um, and, and I, I can't remember the exact wording, and it's sad that I can't remember the exact wording because I'm not going to do it justice. But it was something along the lines of the hot tub is shared by multiple, airy, <laughs> you know, like residences or groups, and." There is a camera on the hot tub, and we monitor it regularly to make sure there is nothing untoward going on in the hot tub. And if there is, you're going to be paying, like, I don't know what the amount was, $500 in additional service costs if we see anything on the video that makes us worried. And so... That means you're
2: being monitored everything you do. That's
0: exactly right. That was my takeaway. Like, I didn't care about any of the rest of it. What I read from that was, (laughs) you're going to be going through and looking at me on this? (laughs) Like, there's no way. No way. Like, even if I was like, I'm not going to be doing anything weird in the hot tub, the idea that you're monitoring me and looking at every moment that I'm there, like, Fuck no. Fuck no. I
2: will say this. I will say this. Um, in fact, um, without further ado, our landlords' <laughs> names were Joe and Renee. Um, Joe and Renee had their own hot tub that we couldn't <laughs> access. Um, were we going to look through the windows at whatever they were doing in their hot tub, would have been the least to our concerns or interests. We had a... Um, highly advertised propane fire pit in front of ours. We'd be like, Oh, we'll just sit around the fire pit and have a few drinks sort of thing. But the propane tank was empty. Oh, and like, ah. you weren't, you weren't going to ask the guy that was telling you to Joe, you weren't going to ask Joe at nine 30 at night to replace the propane tank when he's telling you to go to bed. Right. At right. right. Yeah. It's
0: because a weird dynamic,
2: right? Because some people have to work mean well, and yep. I mean, I mean um, you know the tricky thing about Airbnb or, um, or all, all of these type of things is that um, is that if you complain in your review of them then you're gonna get it it's just like um, eBay I mean yeah. you right it's, a, it's it's a two-way street and the landlord literally holds the key right um so you know you don't sign the guest book and you're just like everything was fine i'm not going to be like one of these clowns that puts up amazing experience
1: the right. greatest
2: time i've ever had because i mean it wasn't a nightmare we worked around it right da, 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 da. And like i said like we got probably a few extra hours of sleep that we probably needed considering that you know, we were up early in the morning for this and that and da da da. da. But it is weird. Like the first box I take, like you, is entire place yourself, which means that I want the code. Right. Happen is like I'm happy to like meet you the first right. day, but I don't want to see you until I check out. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. I want privacy. Like that's what that means. And you know, and, and we'd have more fun at the motel six. Right. Right. Um, Anonymous. Despite- yeah.
2: Yeah, just like, you know, sitting outside, like in chairs, like right. at the motel. I mean, you know, like, look, I mean, basically I raise all my hell these days at Six Thirty Five Thirty Four Street here in Des Moines. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, totally. you know, we're and the funny thing is I was just in France and Shanti and Deauville at two different Airbnbs and like. I didn't have any problems over there. Um, <laughs> I just want to be unmonitored.
0: Yeah, I understand. I don't really do anything totally. bad.
2: I just like to hang out. Totally, but I we're going to play some tunage. We're going to play some tunage tonight.
0: Let's play some music, uh,
2: or we could just chat. We can nah. chat. I know. mean, we could, there but
0: some... nobody wants to hear us talk. Let's let's play music.
2: I mean, I mean, Jost. I mean, we get Jost. We've got we go got like him. five
0: five people that would would care. Uh, well, there's
2: about five people that care anyways about the music as well. But anyways, let's get on with it. Um, let's, let's
0: let's play. I'll start. I'm going to play a band from the 80s from New Zealand. Like, if we're going to talk about, like, sweet spots for both of us, it's New Zealand in the 1980s. Yeah, and,
2: and this is one, you know, we've. I think we've dug... Done- pretty deep here. We we, we have... And this is a deeper dig. This is, is a deeper
0: dig. It. This is a band that I uh, only recently discovered. I don't know if you've heard. They only released cassettes. I don't think they've ever released anything physical other than cassettes. <clears throat> they put out in 1984, they put out a cassette called the Unanimous... Notorious. In 1983, a they put out a, a a cassette EP called "Watch It okay. There." I'm gonna actually play a song from originally from that cassette in 1983. The song's called in, "Indecision." The band is the Normal Ambition. They're uh, originally from, and I'm trying to, th- where are they from in in New Zealand? I'm not even sure. Uh, Um, I just
2: noticed four dudes from New Zealand that made these two cassettes on industrial tapes, mm -hmm. and then they have a compilation that was released in 2020 on something called Tokai tapes.
0: Right, a, a German label, a fantastic label, by the way.
2: They, okay, cool. Um, I haven't heard of that. I'll yeah. That
0: th- so this is a label that does
2: T H O K E I tapes.
0: Yeah, and and they release editions of like a hundred in cassette. They've done um, archival reissues like this. They've done uh, new current stuff like Bill Doreen from the Builders. Um, just a really that's how I actually discovered them is through that label. Those um,
2: German dudes or German people. Exactly. Imagine that's exactly that are right. Yeah. Way cooler than us. So yeah. they're hooking us up with um, the normal ambition.
0: Yeah. So I um I bought this tape from them and it's pretty rad. How do you listen to cassettes? Um I you know, I kind I have a deck, it's not really hooked up. I'm well, gonna be honest. I listen to it. It's covered because, in dust. Yeah, I listen to it because in buying the cassette, I also got a download of the MB-3s, and that's what I'm playing for you right now. So here you go. Sexy. Enjoy.
2: What's the song called? What's the song called?
0: Indecision. Okay. The band is The Normal Ambition. Um, the tape that Tokai Tapes released is called 1982 to 1985. It may still be available, if not by the download. It's pretty cool. I think think you'll like it. So, yeah, it's the normal ambition. A little bit of post-punk. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, well. of echo and the Bunnymen, right?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I heard... Yeah, no, that actually is a really good point. Yeah, it's very, very... Um, yeah, exactly, no, Mutant Pop, you know. Yeah. Really, I think this was all guitars, wasn't it? I,
0: Pretty much, yeah. I, 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 them. There might have been bass in there, but,
2: Yeah. It sounded very Leeds, nineteen eighty-one to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, l- this l- is a great. Thing. A little dark, a little bit of a goth feel, a little different from what you'd expect. I think from early eighties New Zealand. There's no
2: jangle, no jangle. Anymore. Right,
0: right, exactly. A little darker than than a lot of the Flying Nun stuff, for sure. Just
2: four dudes making really cool music.
0: Yeah, a um,
2: ambition. Great find.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: you're digging you're digging deep for the team.
0: By by all means, dive in. Um that tape on Tokai tapes is fantastic. Even if I I I, I should look. Is it available online? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's on Discogs. Well, it's definitely on Discogs. Um I'm just wondering if he still has any available on his site. So what
2: yeah, what what is his website, tokai tapes.com? Tokai
0: Tapes, um, it's T H O K E I Tapes.Bandcamp.com. Oh cool. Um, you know, he's he's put out the builders, he's put out AJ Sharma, the magic heads, normal ambition. So this this one, um, it's still available. Uh, on cassette. I Radical. think it's like an edition of a hundred. Um, there's Whoa. still copies available. It's eight.
2: Oh, if it's a cassette, he can make more if he sells out. So buy him up.
0: Yeah, eight. Uh, oh, sorry, edition of seventy. Whoa. It's eight euros plus plus shipping, and the shipping cost is like completely reasonable. Like, you know, and I I ended up buying like two or three different ones, and shipping cost, I think, was less than 10 bucks from Germany. That's rad. Yeah. Azalea Snail, Chris Knox. He put out a Chris Knox cassette. That one sold out. He put out a Robert Scott cassette. That one sold out as well. A Tall Dwarfs one, a Sandra Bell one. Um, well, Sandra Bell,
2: have we played her?
0: We have not.
2: Whoa. Yeah. That, bro.
0: yeah. We need to fix right. that. So,
2: anyways, I'm gonna. Um, well, so Tokai Tapes never heard of them. <laughs> um, Check it out. Yeah, and they've got their obviously, as you said, they have their own band camp page. I'm gonna play um, all my artists tonight are artists that I like, most of our listeners will be readily familiar with. Um, I think all three actually have you know, would fall into the category of like some people's favorite bands of all time or musicians of all time. And um, we haven't played as far as I know, and perhaps you'll correct me on this later in the show. And um, I don't think we played any of the three. So I thought it was a golden opportunity to celebrate, and talk about three artists that I'm not completely familiar with or a completist or anything like that. I just know drips and drabs. Yeah. Um, I do have friends in all three cases that it's, their, you know, in their top ten, five, ten, twenty 10, 20 bands of all time. And, um, my dear friend, Greg Meister, um, he's in a band here in town called mall cops, one of his favorite artists of all time that he's total completist. And we try actually try to get him on the show during the pandemic. And he declined because he was just like, dude, I can't do that. Um, which I understand because <laughs> blathering with me and Mike for two hours um, <laughs> could crazy. give one a headache. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to play um, a gentleman that sadly died somewhat tragically very young. He born in 1980. Um, Brittany view is a uh, label made of mine via pavement, Don Matador, a guy named Jay Riotard. who was originally discovered as a teenager um, by the great Goner records, Eric Friedel's label, who you would know from the Oblivions. Sure. Um,
0: Yeah.
2: And um, he actually only made two albums before he died just before his 30th birthday. He's a kid that was born in Missouri, Jay Riotard. And when he was a young boy, his family moved to Memphis and pretty quickly established himself on – it's uh, a Memphis scene, which is sort of small. Um, but kind of like a, what I would describe, you know, me and my friend Sherman Wilmot. Um, uh, it's like a, like a very strong scene that sort of loves their own sort of like kind of an allulable kind of way mm-hmm. um, without it, mm-hmm. without as many players. Sure. Um, and they lost one of their legends, Jay Riotard, far too early. And um, this is actually a, a release only as a seven, it just came out in a compilation. Uh, Jay made a couple albums, but I'm going to play a song called Hammer I Miss You by Jay Riotard. Um, here you go.
0: Like you, I, I I think, you know, he's someone that I didn't really get into until after he passed away. Yeah. I
2: mean, he he died in 2009 and, um, only two albums on one blood blood visions on in the red records and, then watch me fall. That was on Matador. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he died soon after apparently a fantastic live performer. Um, and a real character, uh, so, in, so you don't have that many impressions of him at all?
0: Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know a ton of his stuff. I know a, a few albums. Um, I don't know a whole lot of the Seven Inches. Um, I never had the
2: opportunity to see him, which is no, interesting. No, never, never yeah. got to think, see him. I think we definitely would have.
0: You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, you know I think some of it was the timing. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past on the show like early 2000s I was not as actively involved in a lot of indie rock music. I was in my own head kind of more You're exploring into champion, Yeah, more exploring like experimental music and free jazz and um just less structured stuff. And so a lot of the stuff that was happening on labels like Matador, um, you know, in the red goner uh, at that time,
2: things like of Montreal. Have you ever listened to them?
0: Yeah, not, not so much. I mean, a little bit
2: fall in the same era,
0: right? Like boards of Canada, for yeah, whatever Orange reason, one. like
2: it's funny that we mentioned the two Canadian ones.
0: Well, that's I think of them together because it's like you know Montreal and Canada, like they're two bands that are like.
2: What about Bon Iver?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it's like,
2: or, I, or some people say Bon Vare.
0: Bony Vare. like I've, I it's it's a kind of a blonde, blind spot for me. And part of that and I think is, it
2: might have had to do with our age group although you are you know it, several years younger than me it, Exactly
0: um, like no I think I think it's totally true I think at that point in the early 2000s I was you and I were both in our 30s it was not as much a, We were losers
2: we'd become losers We'd become losers never cool
0: It was not as much of a priority as it had been 15 20 years prior when we were in our teens, and we were focused on... Yeah, the whole, on, like, right.
2: 13 to 33 thing.
0: Right, right. And so, like, I say that because... It's a know, fault of ours. Yeah, unfortunately, it means that I missed out on a lot of this music, like the Jay Retard stuff. A lot not of everybody stuff can be was
2: more. Not, yeah. not everybody can kind of keep it going for 50 years. Right,
0: you know? right. A lot of this stuff that was happening, like... I'm now more in tune with what's happening these days, but 15 years ago, 10 years ago, not so much. so
2: yeah, I know I mean I, I know I've spoken about it as well on the podcast, but um, after payment stopped being banned in 1999, that I sort of ensconced myself of being a mediocre jockey agent for a few years. Um, <laughs> which you know, you kind of, <laughs> um, and you know, you just I I like you I, I I mean I got no other way to put it other than that. I just sort of stopped paying attention right and I just sort of turned my attention elsewhere um right. and I don't think it really had to do with just like overexposure it just had to do with like at least the being in a band and like, and then in 1999 when pavement stopped, it was like, I mean, I wouldn't even call it pressure. I mean, it'd be very simplistic to say the pressure was off. Yeah. Um, it, but it was just like, okay, I, I kind of like that was a hell of a way to go through your 20s and then your early 30s. And it's like, maybe there are other things in the world than. Than, you know, than devoting yourself a huge amount of your passion to music, totally, Um,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, you know, I mean, so I made the poor decision of getting into horse racing. It's,
0: it's, (laughs) it's like an ability to exhale. You, you had a chance to exhale, you know, or fail, or fail, Um, for that matter. Um, I did both, but it's okay. It happens. Thanks, you
2: know? Mike. I appreciate you letting me off the hook there. Yeah. But anyways, Jay Reutard, Um, If you're really cool and you're, let's just say under forty-two, he was <laughs> huge to a lot of people. Yeah. And um, and made a massive impact through a pretty limited amount of work. Right. Um and. I I, mean, I know a lot of completists, um, you know, and there's actually, you know, he's just one of these artists where they keep, you know, f- keep coming up with more stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, um, it is interesting that, yeah, I missed him a- in every way, shape and form and, and um, I tip my cap to him and, you know, what I've heard of, I dig.
0: Yeah, that's great. I I appreciate. And I think that. I could
2: have played drums on that. Actually, like that guy's like, um, I like the drummer, whoever that is, he, dude was cool.
0: It's 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 a good reminder too because um, he's someone that I have. I mean, I don't really necessarily keep an active notebook, but a couple times I've thought like, oh, I need to write down, like diving more into Jay Riotard's work. Because the stuff I've heard, that song, other, th- other songs I've heard, it's it's made me think, like, this is someone worth paying attention to, but I just haven't had the chance or haven't had the ability to dive more deeply. So, I appreciate, appreciate the reminder. Thank you. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Well, I'm going to go to... The UK. So I started in New Zealand. Sure did. We're going to jump to, uh, we could go to Bristol. Yeah. You want to go to Bristol? Why not? Love it there. Bristol, UK. This is a band. Um, they started, I want to guess, around 2012, 2013, somewhere around then. Uh, I'm gonna play. I don't think they've ever had any albums or any even seven inches. I don't think they've ever had anything released on vinyl. It's all cassettes, CDs. So I guess similar to the Normal Ambition, who I played to start the show. Um, looks it, like their
2: um, it looks like their career was rather brief.
0: Yeah, uh, 2012 to 2017.
2: 2012 um, to
0: 2017. The band, the band is called Two White Cranes.
2: Just two people.
0: Two White Cranes. Yeah. Um, the main singer songwriter is a woman named Roxy Brennan, um, based mm-hmm. in Bristol. And um, I'll play a song. Maybe I'll play a couple songs if you don't mind. I'll play. I'll play one that's a little mellower. From originally released on the self-titled CD that came out in 2014. Uh, the song is called Akramon's Road. It's a little mellower. I'll play this one and then I'll follow it with, if you're okay with it, I'll follow it with one that has a little bit more um, energy to it. So. Maybe Are you
2: going to play one off of um, um, the Oddbox Records release, Radisson Blue."
0: Yes, the second one. Okay, yeah, the
2: second one. You go ahead and play them both because I stayed at the Radisson
0: Blue. Oh yeah. Show. Okay, so there you go. First one is from the self-titled CD. Second one is from Radisson Blue. Um, you want me to just go straight through, or you want me? You want to talk between? Yeah, come on,
2: might just rock them both. Okay, yeah, come on,
0: straight through. Ackerman's Road, followed by We Grew Up, which is on Radisson Blue.
3: The numbers that are painted on the wall And all the years you spent admiring them And though they are faded there is more To admire in the way that you look at them And if we bought a house With thick windows, the one that I want out. We could turn the heating off, wrap ourselves in woolen cloth, we could turn the heating off.
0: White Cranes with a couple songs from a compilation that our, our good buddy Fred Thomas had a hand in.
2: I'd say top 10 co-host of all time and there's been a... Yep.
0: Um, yeah, the
2: Steely Dan guy.
0: <laughs> He's more Steely than the Dan. Steely Dan guy, I'm just, but I'm yes. Just, okay. I'm just um, but yeah. Uh, How are you doing, Fred? Fred? So Fred was involved in this. I think he mastered the release... Um, the Two White Cranes release on Antiquated Future, which is a Portland label. It's kind of a collection of their material that they've released in the five years between 2012 and 2017. So, And Mike,
2: let me ask you a question. Do you know what mastering means?
0: I did. 20, 30 years ago, mastering meant something different to what it means now. I'll put it that way.
2: I don't even know. I mean, like, I have, like, Lucy are now, like, her new EP is coming out, supposed to be out by now. Um,
0: what, it, it, here, here's what it means to me. She
2: says that, that she has her own guy, some, I can't remember his name right now, some dude whose dad was a, like a mastering genius guy. Um, And there's some famous mastering guys in history and gals. Um, Uh I just, and she says it makes a difference. Um,
0: So now, these days, mastering is a step between mixing and actually pressing.
2: Exactly. See, that's what I know it as. But I still don't know. I still want to sit in a mastering studio. Right. Right and experience, the, right. have the mastering experience. Because, like...
0: Right. In, in you know, my like, experience, years... You pay answer for it at Broker on certain... Yeah. When they request it. Right. 20, 30 years ago when I was doing records, mastering meant actually taking final tapes and creating vinyl masters... Oh, that's
2: pouring lacquers now. I yeah,
0: think. now it's called lacquers. Yeah, um, pouring
2: lacquers. Yeah, or, yeah. That's how they. That was it, super that super was what
0: lacquers. mastering meant to me years ago. But now right. I think there's an additional step that was not on my radar back at the time. So yeah, I know
2: you're gonna play Nat Turner's Rebellion. Like I will, um, not to equate you're, that. The word mastering But master is a very powerful word To me like master Suggests to me like That the band is like Has servitude And then the master person comes in yeah. It's just a process isn't it
0: you Yeah know, like, it kind of it, it kind of is I mean in like To me I don't know I don't know enough about the whole process I can't even
2: tell you who mastered any record I've ever played on mm-hmm.
0: It 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 just seems you should leave the studio with a version of the record that you want produced.
2: Or in my case, you should just leave the studio, or you,
0: you? or just leave the studio. Yeah, yeah. uh, So yeah, There's a pub across the street? uh, I I just see I just see the mastering processes is as a means to get the actual physical product created. But
2: there apparently there are like people who make music that take that write songs which is again just like early millennium music um, that are actually paying attention to what's going on and care about their music um, other than just being people like us who just like go with the finished results and decide whether or not we're going to dig it right? Right. That's, that's, sure. that's what we are. We're just yeah. like people who listen to yeah. music right? Yep. Or play live.
0: Yeah. You know, like
2: In my case, like play live shows. Right. Or DJ or whatever. But, like, you know, all you care about is, like, the cassette you put in or the thing that you download or the, in your case, in the main, the vinyl that you put your needle on.
0: Right. I, and, you know, to me, I don't sweat over, you know, how it sounds. Um, Like, I just, I just want the music. Like, I'm not an audiophile. I'm not gonna be like, you know, dealing with EQ on any of any of that sort of stuff. It's just like, see, you
2: know, you've always talked to the kind of guy that's more into GQ than EQ. Yeah,
0: well, you know, yeah, you know me, man. <laughs> I know, I know um, how you
2: dress. Anyways, I will talk in. I'll talk about a band that probably is very interested in EQ again. A band that's made a huge impact this entire millennium. A band that started in Baltimore in 2003 called Animal Collective, um, who have massive worldwide appeal. Um, we'll talk about them after we play the song. They've been they started working on I think what what is their 11th or 11th or 12th album. Now, let's call, call this is the modern age. The, the record's called Time Skips. It's not coming out till February next year, but you can read all about it on the internet. This is a band called Animal Collective. I'm interested to know what you think about them. Sure. Um, they're, on, they're on Domino.
1: Yeah.
2: Is this off their. Uh, well, what I would, I would. I think it's probably their most famous album, but I'm not even sure. And this is a song called Summertime Clothes by by Animal Collective off their record, Meriwether Post Pavilion.
0: They're a band that I know of, but don't know that well. And, you know, I have to say, they've never really Well, they fall me. in that era.
2: That they fall they in do. The era that they totally fall earlier. in
0: that era that we were talking about. One of, the when, big,
2: one of the biggest indie rock bands that falls in that era.
0: Right, for sure. They were incredibly popular at the time when I wasn't following. They still are, I think.
2: I think yeah. they
0: still are. Well, yeah, but I think their peak was like it aligned exactly with the time when I was not following indie rock as, as closely as I, I am now. Um, Right. And, you know, they're just a band that's kind of always left me cold. Um, The interesting thing
2: about them is like uh, my first thought, actually I was introduced to them in 2006 when, I was tour managing silver shoes uh-huh. and we played Baltimore and I was doing the settlement after the show and whoever did the settlement was with was like highly involved with them. And he was like, dude, are you into the collective? And I was like, animal collective. <laughs> and i mean i was astute enough to come up with that <laughs> um and and he said yeah like don't be so dumb it was at the auto bar which is i think still exists otto bar and you know keep in mind like i'm aware of the Baltimore. yeah you know, obviously i'm a big horse horse guy and Big post pink guy and a big sure. Quattrocena guy, and yeah. you know, 2020 and all that stuff. You know, okay. like I'm aware of what's going on in Baltimore now, I think it's awesome. Baltimore's a great rock and roll town. Um, I missed out on the collective, so this guy was like, so he started, so like during, during the settlement of the Silver Juice show, he starts playing me animal collective songs, and it was funny. My first impression was. Um when pavement stopped being a band in ninety nine, like and then the calendar turned to the new millennium, I was like, How are we how is pavement gonna exist in this world when things are turning to um air and things like that? Like
1: yeah. there's
2: no way that pavement's ever gonna be like a synth sampler band. MGMT, and, right? Yeah, oh no, yeah, very much so. I mean, there's the list goes on and on, but just off the top of my head. So I was like, so I was like, kind of like to me, like listening to the reason why, you know, in a lot of ways, like we were never going to adjust to that new territory. That, in the case of payment, that Stephen went forward with 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 chicks, but he sort of maintained that kind of organic rock and roll style through the entire history of the chicks um sure it's just um it was just things that i felt like we could never really sort of pull off like it was kind of like um so i was kind of comfortable with that and like this guy i think i don't know whether he knew him or worked with him or whatever but he was just like he was like this is you know you know what's i always think it's interesting when people are riding the crest of a wave in music and they're so sure of themselves that they, they feel like their fingers, they're so zeitgeist and they feel like their fingers so much on the pulse. They sort of speak authoritatively to somebody who's like kind of like a loser from the past.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, even though they're like, even though like these losers from the past or in this case, like, you know, David and the Silver Jews just played a marvelous show at Autobar in front of a crowd of three hundred people singing along with him. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's an absolutely fantastic show. And but in, instead of like saying like, "Hey, thanks, man," like you know, Silver Jews sold the place out immediately. It was an awesome show. He, he felt the need to like brag on his association to Animal Collective. I'm not holding that against Animal Collective, sure. Um, in any way, shape, or form, I'm sure they're um brilliant in their own right. I think they've proven it over and over again. Um, the funny thing is, like that album, um, which was released in 2009, Meriwether Post Pavilion. I think they actually ended up playing there in 2011. That's like such a name from my childhood. Is the kind of place like that? Ario Speedwagon would play, or like Neil Young. It's like some legendary outdoor rock venue somewhere outside the Beltway. Um, it, it, you know, this is a at the time a record that was produced by this guy Ben H. Allen, who's like one of these legendary producer guys, like mm-hmm. uh, just like mastering guys, like okay. um, it's like Nigel Godrich or something. Or you know, these people that become like bigger than bands um,
0: sure
2: sure you know it it's just weird like um uh, that record was recorded in Oxford um, in Mississippi um,
0: yeah
2: yeah double Bartram mentioned on the show
0: yep. double, hope, hope, yeah double hope, hope. hope
2: the meat smokers working Eric.
0: that's right um,
2: yeah but no it's just one of those bands that and that and on domino yeah um, it's like Arctic Monkeys, like, we don't have the benefit of our guitar tech next year in payment because Arctic Monkeys have anti on retainer. It's like, um, I just don't even um, really know. It's just, uh, it's one of these bands that I've tried to listen to and that I don't dislike in any way, shape or form, but they're like, um, other people are just going to have to explain it to me. And I think it's just part of like getting old. Um, <laughs> yeah. That you like, you dig music um, that you discovered when you were young, and like, you know, like we're doing now, like through this glorious exercise of this podcast, like, um, you know, listening to new things and rediscovering old things. Um, and I kind of intentionally did this on this this show, like artists that I felt like that I've missed. Yeah. Um. Well, and Animal Collective would be at the top of that list to I me. Mean,
0: And, you know, I said it as soon as the song ended. It's music that I kind of enjoy, intellectually enjoy, but it doesn't really grab me. Like, viscerally, like, I don't feel a connection to it. And and maybe that's just because it hasn't clicked for me yet because I just haven't heard enough. But, like, even that song that you played, I thought, like this is nice and pleasant and
2: enjoyable. But you don't care if you ever. I mean, like basically, like.
0: But it wasn't.
2: Don't care if you ever hear it again.
0: Right. It I wasn't mean, like like yes, this is it. Like oh my god, I need to hear more. Like. Yeah, where was this?
2: Happened to you with music? Like, well, I mean, by God, it happened to you with the two artists that you played earlier on the show, or yeah. else you wouldn't have played them.
0: Right. Like. Like. I didn't have this response to to like, oh my God, where has this music been all my life or the last 20 years or, you know, like what else can I hear by them? Like I liked it, but it's always been my reaction to animal collective. It's been pleasant and I just, but it hasn't grabbed me and, and, I'm entirely willing to admit that this is a me thing and not a them thing. Um, Oh, no.
2: And believe me, like, their fans will back it up. I mean, like, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, just.
0: I'm not trying to make it a value judgment on them. I'm trying to say, like, there's something for me that it just hasn't clicked with yet. And maybe it will eventually. I'm entirely sure that. At some point it will. Um, I
2: mean, I think you probably should, you know, maybe take a gummy and try Animal Collective. <laughs> I
0: guess. <laughs> That's what they do these days, huh? Apparently. Uh, I mean, I, I mean. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm, I, I yeah. I, I'm not about mellowing my harsh, but, you know, if, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if, if we're going to go that route.
2: Your You're about harsh and your mellow. You're
0: about harsh I'm, you know. Yeah, I am I, all about Anyways, like, adding harsh to that's my mellow. Your roots,
2: Mike, for God's sake! Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna no, throw. I know you're you're just like seething at the. Now
0: play I'm gonna throw some extra harsh oh, into the mellow here. Yeah, guys, you know,
2: what I, I wrote a paper about natural Rebellion in the
0: seventh
1: grade when Okay. And, and like yeah. So yeah.
0: tell me about then. So there was a band, you know. This is a band that was lived in. Philadelphia. Nat Turner Na- Nat N- Turner they're, they're called the Nat, Tur- Nat Turner Rebellion. Yeah. Um, 1970, early 70s in Philadelphia. Uh, funk soul band. They released a number of Seven Inches, and then they, like, I don't know. They just kind of imploded. Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what happened? There were stories about fights with. Guns and whatnot. There's a compilation that came out a couple years ago um, that collects all their songs. They're just, you know, for early '70s political, like funk, soul, Black Power music. They're amazing, absolutely. Like, like if any of that sounds at all of interest, check out the stuff that they've released and check out that compilation. It's called uh laugh to keep from, from crying. It came out in 2019 on a, on a label called mad dragon records. Um, super good. I'm going to play a song from it.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, let, let them speak for themselves.
0: Yeah. And, and this was originally released.
2: It was named, named after 1831 slave insurrection in Southampton County. Virginia, That's right. It was by Nat Turner himself,
0: Nat Turner. Um, it was uh, this was a song originally released released in 1970 as a seven inch, um, and it's Nat Turner Rebellion. The song is called "Tribute to a Slave," so they're they're keeping it close to home. They're talking about their name right. themselves. Um, so here you go, enjoy it. <laughs> You go. Not Turner Rebellion.
2: Um, Mr. Jefferson was from Petersburg. Uh, yeah? Yeah, Petersburg, yeah. South of Richmond, yeah. Okay. Joseph Jefferson, yeah.
0: Only a handful of songs from that group, but all of them are bangers.
2: Oh, that's, you know, we're so out of practice on this podcast. That's usually how you kick it off.
0: <laughs> right. That, you know I, I, mean? sh- I should have started with that. You
2: gotta get. You gotta get the hips I'm, moving. I'm
0: trying to end I'm trying to end strong. So
2: Yeah. I mean officially as the story goes in like, you know, I've been a part of some band breakups and I've been kicked out of some bands in my life and I've quit a few. Um the and that Turner rebellion broke apart in two in 1972. So on bad terms was with uh, Jefferson saying that Spratly brandishly gunned at him during a dispute about the band's finances.
0: Right. Right. Um, I mean, like
2: in most bands break up that way, let's face it. <laughs> right. You see, it's over like how the pay gets it's, sold out. It's right? done.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Another reason not to be armed.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. you
2: know what I mean? Yep. You know, what are you gonna do? Like, how, how about? I mean, you can hurt somebody pretty badly with a drumstick or a tambourine or a guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, the they will live, will live the next day. Sure, you know?
0: but when you point a gun yeah. at your bandmate, it kind of, you know, like it
2: is one of the best <laughs> verbs of all time—the verb brandish. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: It's it, it's hard to have a whole lot of trust with somebody playing on stage after you've pointed a gun at them. Just I would
2: actually say if anybody out there listening to the program tonight, the 1% of our listeners that are horse racing people, <laughs> if you have a gun runner, Philly or, or a Colt, you should name, name the horse Brandished.
0: Yeah. Good call. Good band
2: name. Yeah. Good
0: call. But anyways,
2: I'm going to end the show um, on a bit of a sad note. Um, yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to say rest in peace to the marvelous Margot Gurian. Yes. uh, Died in the last couple of days, I believe November 8th. Um, Mm -hmm. If you haven't discovered her music, we obviously played her on the podcast. Um, uh, I, I would actually say, like, despite the last few years in which her music was getting discovered more than it had so during her prime... Um, still a forgotten artist. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, she lived a long. She lived a you know you know a fairly long life. Yeah. And um, but uh, marvelous body of work. Um, take the time to listen to Margot Gurian. Um I'm going to play some Vic Chestnut, who was born in 1964 in Jacksonville. Um, when he was 19, he got in a bad car accident that rented himself. Um, Pretty badly crippled. um, And still made 17 albums, two of which were produced by Michael Stipe.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I hadn't thought about him in a couple of the years. And I did a podcast recently with a really lovely guy named Matt Arnold, who has a podcast here called Iowa Idea Podcast. Um, I noticed the other guests were in a lot of ways far more credible especially as Iowans than, than I am so it's a pleasure to be on a show um, the song I'm going to play is kind of typically heavy of Vic um, it's a song called um, Coward um, that came out it was produced by Guy Picciotto. Um the album's called At The Cut it came out on the Constellation Records label this is uh, Vic Chestnut Coward
4: The scaredy cattle scratch you if you back a in a
1: corner
4: but I
0: Big Chestnut, for me, is a very emotional artist. And in some ways, I would almost say... Uh, like, I, don't, I want to use the word triggering. Um, but he's a very intense artist for me. Yeah. He
2: um, was in a lot of pain.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I played him... Definitely no coward, right? I played him well, and, and and I think that's the hard part for me. I played him back um, early in the show. I think it was one of the episodes where you were not involved. Uh, no, and, certainly.
2: Uh, I never heard Vic Cheston on Three Songs Pod. What did you say? There's three or four that I wasn't involved
0: Yeah, with? my buddy Jack was it's on.
2: Sorry, I lied. It's only episode 168 for me. Yeah. Oh, Jack, this did, is... did, did the intro theme song. Right,
0: exactly. Um, What's Jack's last name again? Uh, Jack Houston. So this yeah, this Hughes. is episode Control 171. Jack. I think it was episode 28 way back when. I played Vic. I talked about Vic. And, you know, I mean, my experience with Vic and my feeling about Vic is I first saw him play, I want to guess 90, 90 or 91, probably 90. Early doors. He opened, yeah, super early. He opened for Bob Mould. Um... Solo acoustic Bob Mold post Husker Du obviously. Uh, where was this? It was after Workbook.
2: No, where where where, where was the where was the concert?
0: Uh, San Jose, the yeah. Cactus Club. So cool. it was it was that tour. Bob Mold was touring. It was pre Sugar, post Husker Du, and he was just playing with him and the guitar. And, and he had Vic open for him.
2: Good, that's a good double, Bill.
0: And, yeah, well, yes. Although I went knowing nothing about Vic. I think that was back when um, Michael Stipe had recorded and produced His Vic's first, first record. record. Yeah, West of Rome, I think is the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it may or may not have even come out at the time I saw him. If it did, it was only out for a few months, and I remember going ultimately to see Bob mold and seeing this guy on stage with a guitar in a wheelchair. i don't know how many years removed from his accident
2: well, seven
0: uh was it yeah he was so it was seven, but it still felt very raw. I still like I remember it feeling incredibly raw. I remember it feeling this is someone who has not processed this, who is still has a lot of anger and the way Funny it was live
2: for 19 more years. The so way it, yeah,
0: absolutely. the way it manifested itself was Have you
2: ever processed it? I mean, how could you really? I,
0: I you, you know, relate. I don't know. I don't know, but like I say this, I tell this story early on, like like my first experience with Vic and feeling like this is someone up there struggling with what they had, what life had given them and trying to make music from it, but also not at peace with themselves and in their performance were very, very like ornery and it was it was almost difficult to watch in a lot of ways, and then years later, like following his career, and and especially that album that you played um, with Coward on it, that also has that amazingly beautiful song, uh, "Flirted with You All My Life." Oh
2: yeah, uh, definitely yeah. Outro, at the cut with, outro after outro with that
0: yeah. at, at the cut, which is that's the song I at played. That's
2: brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, Constellation that's a, Record stuff That's the song I played And, you know, and, and uh, Guy Picciotto did, 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 He's the producer of the record And I don't mean to bat him up producers But like, he, of course he's done I think all this I, Loris White stuff Because they're neighbors He does you know, of course Guy from Brights Spring and Fugazi He does have this amazing ability To like you know, Create drama In the studio, which is a gift
0: Yeah and it's, you know, and the thing is, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's amazing to think that the man I saw on stage in the early 90s, who was in like at odds with himself.
2: Well, because you saw maybe because you saw him at the start.
0: I saw him at the start and he was yeah. it was it was difficult, Bob. I mean telling you, it was so hard to see this I'm guy sure on stage, like almost fighting himself. Like it it was not like this, you know, there's a guy in the wheelchair and he's overcome so much and it's just this amazing story and can't we rally around how uh, uplifting this is. Like, it was not that. It was like he was still bitter and angry, and it was a hard show to see. And so to see him progress over nearly 20 years to where he got to at the cut, which is an incredible and beautiful and amazing record, and where he's talking about like in the song like I flirted with you all my life when he's talking about his struggles with suicide and struggles with depression and he's gotten to a point where he is past that and he is at peace with himself and how beautiful that record is and how beautiful that expression is and then how sad it is that within less than a year, he ended up passing oh, yeah. away. You know, it's it's just, it, it's, it's hard for me, you know? I mean, right. and that's what I say, like, it's emotional and almost triggering because he didn't need, I'm happy that you saw, he didn't need like, to die. He didn't need to die. We lost so many years of amazing Vic Chestnut music because of that.
2: Right. Yeah. And we also like, um, you know, it also like shows the gift of his musical experience, which a lot of people don't get, like um, he's better off for um, becoming, you know, who he was as a musical artist. Like it benefited his life.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, Yeah. Unquestionably, you know, so, I mean, so, so when you saw him the first time, sorry, my thing just tipped over. Um, I mean, the iPad, um, I mean, I think you saw, you, you is that you saw him twice then? Yeah, I,
0: I just saw him the once it was at the Cactus yeah. Club in San Jose opening yeah. for Bob Mould. And it but, was, I mean, you
2: saw the progression, like, it um, was difficult, you know, I think his musical career brought him a lot of joy. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. So. I mean, what I remember seeing of him was a very angry uh, not-at-peace man. And, right, yeah. And to experience through his music how he progressed through that, and got There's to a point, seventeen albums. But yeah, so he's got, highly
2: prolific.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and he, I, and, I think he, so,
2: you know, a bit of a celebrity at least, definitely in Athens
0: for sure. I think he got to a point of peace, right? That ironically and then he went, and then he went. Yeah, ironically happened uh, right before he passed, and yeah. um, you know, I mean, uh, understandably, this is somebody who you know, was paralyzed because of a car accident and and that happened because he was drinking and using and, you know, so he was thrown from a moment of being...
1: He was 19.
0: You know, a young kid using to being a young kid paralyzed, you know, and so how... You deal with that and then evolve through that. And, you know, I think he also had questions of his own sexuality. He had questions of his own identity. He had all these things that he was dealing through his music with. And eventually he came to a point where he was able to express... Like, I'm at peace with who I am.
1: Yeah. I mean, and
2: that's a hell of a musical journey. Most and people, I'm, like...
0: I'm. Yeah, right. I'm happy. Don't get to experience that. I'm you know? happy with who I am. And then he, he passed away because our, you know, like... He He's, wasn't I mean, able to get his health care that he needed... Because, right, yeah. you know, he had these other underlying health issues. It's so right. fucking sad, man. It's yeah. so it's sad. sad.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's, well, God bless him, you know. Uh, and this uh, and, uh, way I, I wanted you to play Flirted, Flirted With You All My Life uh, for my dear friend Marshall Smith. Okay. And, uh, and then, then we'll end the okay. show. Nice speaking with you, and I'll talk to you after the song.
0: I'll end with you. I'll end it with this song for you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, Um, yeah, pleasure. Beautiful song. This is one of those. You know, there's a handful of songs that I can't imagine anyone ever covering.
1: No, no, this is this is one of those,
0: like. Yeah, like I can't imagine ed- maybe Roxy anyone could
2: do it. Maybe Roxy from from Two White Cranes could do it, boop, uh, boop, you know. maybe I, mean, I, you know,
1: yeah,
0: this yeah, is such knows? a personal yeah. song from Vic. Um, I'm sure
2: many have tried. There's whole cover albums of Vic's songs,
0: probably. But yeah, like, no, there's some people who go to the world. It's like it's you know the equivalent of uh, History Lesson Part Two from the Minutemen. Like yeah. it's such a personal song. No, we could do a
2: shit version of that. I yeah, can't, we can't do I, this. Yeah, you can't <laughs> we can do a shit version of that. You're not
0: a, you know like it's yeah. it's off limits. Not allowed. Right. So yeah. here you go. Vic yeah. flirted with you love all you, my mate. life. All right. right Bob.
2: You've got you after this song. All right.
4: a friend of mine I thought I would lose my mind but I found out with time that really I was not ready relief. You're cruel and you are constant. When my mom was cancer sick, she fought but then succumbed to it. But you made her beg for it. Lord Jesus, please, I'm ready.
0: I mean, just it's just, like, such a beautiful and sad song because uh, yeah. um, I just think of him acknowledging that he had been flirting with death. And then, oh, was, since and,
2: he was 19, I right, imagine. Right, right. Already then, beforehand, you know, I mean.
0: And then finally acknowledging that he wanted to live. And... And then once he acknowledged that, he ended up passing away. It's just so uh, sad. Get
2: forty three years out of him. It's so know?
0: so sad.
2: Yeah, like, or 40, 46 years out of him. Yeah, like you know, people like that, um, which obviously come come along once in a lifetime. They're not very often. Um, you don't. You know. You don't get that many. Swing, so um, yeah, it's a blessing that he that he lived as long as he did, and, and is as music's his music's still here for us to listen to,
0: right? And experience, right. you know, so right yeah. for sure, so, for sure.
2: God bless Marshall Smith. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and thank you for, for him. Thank you yeah. for playing, Vic. Thank you for allowing yeah, us that. to I didn't talk know that about you that. Did it on an
2: earlier show, you know, yeah,
0: like,
2: yeah, I wasn't present for it. Must yeah. have been gallivanting around around um, England.
0: But, you were, uh, I think you were. Yeah, 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 I'm sure uh, it was. Yeah. I I think I may even have played that song for Bob, but uh, it's it's you know long enough has passed that we can revisit it. So uh, yeah, oh look, ghost, You're the
2: ghosty. You yeah, he's he's done well. Yep, he's doing pretty well. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, so, I love All you, right. mate. Yeah, L- see, love you too, my man. 172. Yeah, we'll, enjoy your weekend.
0: You too. We'll do it again soon um thank you everyone for listening thank you bob uh yeah as always it's a pleasure
2: excuse and apologies for the airbnb Airbnb talk the show started the show It's okay you know know. yeah i haven't talked to mike in a while people
0: people understand it's it's a a beautiful thing let's hope so So, all right right. thank you everyone have a great one love y'all bye